Hey friends, welcome to another episode of Kiss and Tell Radio. Kiss and Tell Networks has collaborated with our new co-producers, Reverie, and we have a special gift for you guys. When you download the Reverie app on iTunes, Android, or whatever media stream you use, use the code KAT2017 to get 10% off your first three months. That is 10% off. So grab your favorite streaming device and make sure that you turn in every Friday for Kiss and Tell Radio. Now let's get the show started. This is Kiss and Tell Radio. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Kiss and Tell Radio. (laughs) What's up guys? Hi. Hello. How how was your week? My week was great. Um, I got a few uh, promising phone calls from a few people. Um, Come on, phone calls. Oh, oh yes. And um, I wanted to talk about really briefly uh, on this weekend, my weekend TV, which has become like a favorite. I get a lot of tweets and messages about you all watching TV. Well, you all see, because typically I live tweet what I watch. Did Chloe tweet you again? No, because you know what? This episode, this week of the Kardashians was boring. They went on vacation. I can't again? remember where they went. No, this is their first vacation oh, of the season. They, no, they were just in Dubai. That was for Mario's makeup class that Kim was the model for. That was not vacation. This was a. This is oh. their family vacation. North Who is there. Cares. King Cairo. Pe- King Cairo was there. People get that confused with me too. They're like, "Oh, you're in New York." I'm like, "I'm here for work." Yes. So I get that. King Cairo uh, was there, which is Tiger and China. It was. I mean, it was it's Scott cheating on Courtney. I mean, I didn't really have much to say. Um, I stand behind Wendy. With what? When she said she's one to talk, Kimberly. You know, the whore. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Kendall. Well, Kim, well, I only say that in regards. You all know how Kim I is feel. not a whore. You all know how I Kim feel about whore. Kim Kardashian, and you all know how I feel about her sex tape and people dragging her for that because that makes no sense to me. To me, a sex tape doesn't make you a whore. But to me. Hey, that's not the only thing that makes her a whore. To me, dating multiple men and having multiple marriages doesn't. Taking naked selfies doesn't make what makes her a whore, Kendall. Let's let's break that let's down. She's a whore, that. a vapid whore. What makes her a whore? She's a vapid whore. I said. What Are I you said. tired? What makes her a whore? No, <laughs> I'm not tired. I'm tired of Kim. <laughs> okay. Well, well what I will not. say, what I will say is, she is one to talk in regard of you can't be this pro woman standing on Capitol Hill. You know, this is figuratively speaking, a uh, champion for feminist and feminism and then be calling somebody, you know, uh, a, a fucking slut. You're such a whore. Like, oh, I did see that. I did not. Work. The whole situation I didn't agree with. Isn't really because expansive enough to really Kim, well, Scott is else. single and so is Courtney. Sorry, go on. But yeah. Cool. So anyway, no, I did not watch the Kardashians, but what I did watch, which I thought was fascinating, was the last 100 days of Diana on Sunday night. Yes. Now, I watched The Real Housewives and all of that. I mean, I really don't want to delve into the whole uh, Phaedra thing because I feel like all you all's other favorite podcasts are going to talk. Like, we've talked about this on Twitter. Like, I don't feel like recapping that. But uh, the last 100 days of Diana was fascinating to me. I learned a lot about this woman that I did not know. Now, quick question. Did you go into 100 days of Diana at all jaded because Martin Bashir is Martin Bashir? What's wrong with Martin Bashir that I don't know? I mean, a lot of, I I would say a lot of black people don't care for Martin Bashir the way he quote unquote framed Michael Jackson in in the documentary before Michael's passing. I don't know if I remember that. Documentary where he was in that store picking out all the expensive stuff. 
I don't remember that part, but I know yeah. he kind of cornered Michael to say a few things that people weren't happy about. The, like unsavory, like kind of... It was about the, the molestation charges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. Um, a lot of people dismiss Martin Bashir. I mean, because obviously he's a longtime journalist. He yeah, had I mean, he's that, doing his job. No, I'm just I'm just saying, did you know that? And no, did I didn't. At all? I didn't. <clears throat> but I don't know if I'd have to see it in order to I, form an opinion because it sounds like he's doing his job. I didn't care. You got to ask the tough questions. I didn't care to, <laughs> to watch Diana because I don't care for Martin Bashir. It was good. Because of that. Yeah. Uh, well, I need to see the Michael piece because it sounds like to me the he's doing his Michael job. The piece. Um, but no, so, uh, the last hundred days of Diana was really, really fantastic guys. And I learned so much about this woman that, you know, I didn't realize I was nine when she died. I felt like I was a little bit older, but how, what grade are you in in ninth when you're nine? It's like fifth grade. No, it's fourth not. Grade? It's, yeah, I was probably four. Yeah. I was not fifth, but, uh, but yeah, and so uh, I don't want to get into detail about it. It was a two-hour special. It was great. I ended up Googling a lot of stuff, and the driver that was driving her car was drunk at the time, mm-hmm. and his last photos, he looked so deranged. It was almost scary. He looked crazy. Did he live? No, no he, died. he died. The only person that lived in the crash was a longtime bodyguard. He's still alive to this day. It was a British bodyguard. But in the car who passed was the driver, Diana, and Diana's... Uh, Boyfriend at the time. I don't know. Boyfriend at the time. If you watched the doc, if you watched the last 100 days of Diana, I wouldn't count him as her boyfriend. They had only been seeing each other. They had only been seeing each other. Her boo her bae. But that's not a boyfriend. Her dip. They had only been seeing each other for under 30 days. Mm -hmm. And she was basically, Diana was very, very almost conniving in her love life Mm -hmm. because she was dating him for the sole purpose of getting the man that she really wanted. She wanted his attention basically like because the guy did not want to publicly come out because the, the Royal family had issues with Diana dating someone of the Muslim faith. Oh yeah. It's a whole conspiracy. And to this day, right to this day, the guy who died in the car with Diana, his father believes that of course this was set up by the British government. I do too. And after watching I it, do I do too. I've always honestly. thought that. And now that I got the details I of mean, watching it, I was like, yeah, that no. Queen Elizabeth they did, they're after her ass. They're after her head. wrote her a letter. Yes. <laughs> saying, I think it's best that you divorce. Yeah. Yes. Um, that's because she went on She went on, on TV and was saying some snippy stuff. And then Charles was even messier because he admitted to an affair on live television mm-hmm. without first prior telling his wife. Mm-hmm. And, and Charles, then married. He's married to her now. Yes, he's married to Camilla now. We all know this. Mm-hmm. And Charles was extremely jealous of Diana. Because she was the it girl, he, she, and he was supposed mm-hmm. to have the fanfare. She married into the family. I'm I'm Charles of Wales, damn it! And people were not here for him. <laughs> Everybody, they stepped off that plane. It was all about all Diana. about Diana. The spread also, and the magazine. He's ugly. So I just didn't understand why. Like you can't marry somebody that pretty and then expect the attention. Well, she was also very you. charismatic as well. It goes beyond. And the he's royalty. Look. And. She, I didn't realize that she had such a, a tattered. Um, I was just gonna ask you because every week, seemingly. Oh well, oops. <clears throat> Charles um, popular. I didn't realize that she had such a strange relationship with her mother. It was just good. So if when you get a chance to watch it, you can go on the ABC app, or I'm sure because most of the 2020 episodes are on YouTube, you can catch really? the last 100 days mm-hmm. of Diana. Also, what I watched, which I thought was so. <laughs> 
funny. It made me really think back. I mean, it, it, it aired earlier in the week, but I missed it. But uh, Andy Cohen has this special called Then and Now that comes on Bravo, and he's combing through the years. So 20 years ago, we know Princess Diana died. Also 20 years ago, Gianni Versace was murdered. Mm-hmm. Ellen DeGeneres came out. Moesha premiered. Really? In 97? Moesha. Yes. Did not know that. Mm. The birth of The View... Destiny's Child hit hit the scene in '97. Titanic. A year. Ooh. Um, <laughs> the Lion King. '97 was good. The yeah. Lion King hit Broadway. Yes. It was the first musical. No one had ever seen anything like that. My grandmother its time. cried during that movie or that show. I never saw. I haven't seen it on Broadway. Nana Corey. And what I also thought was funny is uh, that uh, Gail King was approached to be on The View. And it didn't happen. I think Gail would have been good on The View. Gail would have been really good on The View. She would have been good sitting next to Joy and the girls. Would have been Gail and Star? No, this was when the the changes were going on. And I thought I should highlight the uh, industry politics, good old industry politics. Uh, Allie Wentworth, who is George Stephanopoulos' wife, she was tapped to be on The View. She's blonde. She's always making the jokes. She was tapped to be on The View, and she said literally days before, like, she had accepted the offer, the pay was great, and days before she signed her contract, she got a call from producers saying, oh, uh, Jenny McCarthy's show got canceled, and we think we want to sign her. So it's just funny, you know, learning the ins and outs of, and they signed Jenny McCarthy. Oh, so this is like the recent change-up. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, um, but I'm surprised that it didn't happen with Gail. Oh, and also I need to highlight that uh, Tyson Beck, I mean, not Tyson Beckford, mm. um, Mike Tyson and Evander Holyfield, the whole ear biting thing, that was in 97. That. It doesn't what a seem year. like it was that long ago. I don't, I, I feel great like special. I was, had to be, I feel like I was, I was only five in 97, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I vividly four. remember. Well, no, I'm going to be 25 this year. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I, was, I remember. The I was thinking back. Incident. Also, the Spice Girls. They say the Spice Girls brought in the second wave of feminism. We had the women's suffrage movement, the Spice Girls with the girl power, and then now we're experiencing the third phase as far as the women's march and all of that. So '97 really was. A good, I was in fourth grade when the Spice Girls hit. I remember that. Um, and so it was just funny to take a walk down memory lane. And Andy interviewed people like Joy Behar, Anderson Cooper, Aisha Tyler, Gail King. It was It's a really good special. So if you all get a chance to check out, and he's doing other years too, but Then and Now is a really, really good show. It's almost reminiscent of how VH1 used to always have those damn countdowns about mm-hmm. a decade ago, the best week ever yeah. era and yeah. all of that stuff. CNN does a good one too. Really? Mm-hmm. What's it called? Like in the 30s or in the, like whatever. Oh, yeah. okay. Check it. It's on CNN News or whatever. Well, yeah, that's all I had to share for my uh, weekend TV watching, and I had a, I did have a really good week. You so, did, yeah. You did, Kendall. How are you? I'm good. I had a very relaxing week. Um, or like, oh, last week. Last week. Yes. This week ain't. You had a week off. I had a week off. Uh-huh. Um, and just started the new job. Congratulations. Thank you again. Um, so Yee-yee. yeah, I'm I'm in that. Thing. Are you liking it? I'm loving it. Amen. This is what I've worked hard for. Do what you love, I love what you do. Yeah. Come on, degree. <laughs> Any other plans this week? Um, Weekend? Uh, no. Brunch? I have to <laughs> I'm always at a brunch. So yes. I'm sure. I see on your Snapchat. <laughs> I'm sure I'll be at one. That's good. How are you? I How's love that week? you all... Hold on one second. I love that you all have <laughs> your uh, catered hold lunches. 
Yes. That's my favorite perk about your job. I've been living living vicariously because Kendall, this is only the conclusion of his second day. We record on Tuesdays now, guys. Um, But you'll hear this Friday. Um, And so (laughs) it's interesting. Like, I'm like, ooh, cater. So every day, probably at least for the next two weeks, you probably will receive some sort of message from me. Like, (laughs) so what were they serving today? today? (laughs) No, really? That fascinates me. I was, I was stunned. Is it pasta? No, it's it's healthy. Like it's especially because oh. I'm not a picky girl. Kendall can be a little yeah, picky. No, and Remember I was quinoa. Where are you? The hitty quinoa. Oh, when we were going to Palm Springs, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I <laughs> want like a starch, a vegetable, I and said, a meat. He's anything like, but quinoa. Anything but quinoa. You don't like quinoa. I like a good rice. You don't like bananas. Can you all believe that Kendall is Central American and doesn't like freaking bananas? <laughs> I like a good <laughs> a, a good plantain, but I do not like bananas. Plantain or plantain. We've been over this. <laughs> Sana says plantain. <laughs> and what Sana says goes. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> so yeah, you don't no. like, what? what is about quinoa? Did it get stuck in your teeth? Is it the texture? It's the texture. I love a good it's quinoa. The but then again, but it's was, never bulking was, season for me. There was quinoa, <laughs> there was quinoa served, um, but they also had this um, southwestern um, corn. Mm-hmm. That was oh. really good. And then they had like, like mayo on it. Cho- and like, there's no mayo. No, there was, not elote. Oh. No, is that different? Yeah, elote is like. I think New Mexico. It's like, it's like, I don't know. Tex-Mex, is that what they call it? I w- yeah, Tex-Mex. Mm-hmm. I would have put some of that on top of my quinoa and went back to my desk. I had that by <laughs> myself. Like, that was my side. And then they had um, a choice of tilapia or grilled chicken. Mm, um, I don't really like tilapia. Me either. It was, it was. I had it a bad was, experience was, one time. Okay. It was seasoned. Um, <laughs> it was seasoned really well because mm-hmm. I, I, grilled chicken would have kind of been boring. I'm known to be boring with my palate, so I was like, "Let me try the t- yes. the, the tilapia." Yes. Do you keep um, hot? Well, you don't eat. I kept I hot. I keep, keep hot, hot, hot sauce, sauce at my desk. At my desk, it's hidden behind my monitor because last time I worked on the show that I'm about to start working on again, they stole it. No, I was just the only person of color. Yeah, and, and I, I was, am too. Well, I'm not the only person of color, but what I'm the only. The stereotype. I'm the only black woman in this no, no, office. No, no, no. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking well, about Well, no, that's that's a lie. But but in my department, I should say. Okay. Yeah. You're the only. Yeah. So I kept my hot sauce hidden behind my monitor because we had these big monitors, and I kept my. And sometimes I'd put it in a. a well, during the daytime, it was behind the monitor because you never know when the craving will strike you when you go to the break room, <laughs> get something. Seriously. Because um, I put that shit on everything. And then when I would leave, I would put it in uh, one of my desk drawers. I realize how I'm not a condiment person because, like, today I walked out of the, the kitchen without putting any – they had a side salad, and I forgot to put any dressing on my salad. I just ate my salad. Like I'd... You're not a condiment person. You we didn't went put out any dressing had... on your salad? No, I forgot. It was, was like, dry? I don't, don't want to He always gets things on the side, which I can understand. It's like rabbit sometimes food without dressing. Can. Yeah, but you know, less sometimes calories. people get heavy handed with condiments. So yeah, you, do, so you, I mean, have to, you have to put it on the side, and then you I get lazy. Try like lemon one time on your salad; it's really good. Yeah, that sounds now good. that's rabbit food. No, it's not. Oh uh-huh. please, <laughs> lemon not. on lettuce. <laughs> it's lemon really on, good. Lemon on arugula. No thanks. <laughs> Look, get you some lemon, some extra virgin olive oil, and season it, and make your own little dressing. You're good. It's good. I need some type of aioli, some type of sum up. I'm in not there. a creamy salad. Sorry, it's very savory. Yeah, I'm not creamy either. I, I I eat a lot of vinaigrettes. That's all I red wine vinaigrette is the lowest calorie <laughs> dressing. Um, and that I don't eat all that French and ranch. Everybody knows I hate ranch. Some of you all are gonna block me for saying this. You I hate, hate ranch. ranch. Yes, I do. It's mayonnaise. It's lowbrow. I agree, but I do enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> now how is ranch lowbrow? 
How the hell? No, you gonna explain this. You didn't want to explain whore. You gonna explain how ranch is low. I mean, I think it's tacky. It is a little tacky. Well, you know, the only but thing, it is good. Only, but I wonder if that's me associating it with black people. Oh, I need to like recheck myself. That's why I was going to challenge that. that. <laughs> I know, I know. I didn't want to get emotional though. <laughs> Cheers. Here she, you misinterpreted okay. that. Keep saying it. But what I will say is, oh what I do associate. Well, I shouldn't. Say, I'm not gonna say lowbrow. I do always hate when this people. Is a different vibe. Refer, recording at nighttime. <laughs> I do. Char's hate, awake. Hello. <laughs> I do hate when people call ranch dressing ranch sauce because even if you're using it as a sauce, it's a damn dressing. It's a dressing. Ew, ranch sauce. So- that's lowbrow. <laughs> I've been in the Wendy's drive out with Trey what? before, and he said, with "You know, can I, get, can I get a ranch sauce for my nuggets?" Them. Who said I was dating him? Okay, words mean <laughs> things. But uh, and this was back in the day. But yeah, I just don't. And then when I think when ranch left, it's not gonna play. I think when ranch left the arugula and the lettuce and the romaine and started getting into nuggets and pizza and stuff, I just was like, ranch Ooh. on arugula. That's heavy. Well, like a salad. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Jesus Lord. <laughs> what? That was my bouginess coming out. <laughs> you put a ranch on your arugula? No, I never. I, now that I never said. I, I do. I, I use it sometimes, <laughs> but I recognize. Like I, tr- if there's another option, I will either go dry or go with something else. I, I always get thin. I, it's got to be some type of vinaigrette balsamic. Because ranch doesn't of. even spread well. No, it does. It's like very it, clumpy. It, it'd be clumpy on it, like yeah. Well, what kind yeah. of clumpy ash ranch are you using? Blue cheese is cl- uh, clumpy. That's well, ranch. Well, ranch when it's refrigerated. <laughs> it's the same consistency. Ranch when it's amazing. refrigerated is very clumpy. And if you don't have the ranch that has the little uh the little hole where you can squeeze it out, if you have the ranch that you got to be careful when you pour yeah, it out. Yeah, it'll be a ho- your salad is ruined. It's clump. Ranch is creamy. <laughs> Kendall, Why did we just LGBT spend twenty minutes right. talking on uh, talking about ranch? I don't know ranch. how we got Jace, there. Jace, what did you do? What did I, oh, did I have a week? I don't remember. Um, you went to been, a flat top grill yesterday and you were in the woods I, taking Yeah, you were taking. I live in the woods. Um, I do. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so let yeah. me see. Birthday party at um, Uka in Riverside. It was my brother's girlfriend's 24th birthday, so we celebrated that. It was good. What was the name of Oh, Uka. Uka. O-O-K-A. It was Japanese. I was, I was expecting um, like sushi, but it was more of like a Benihana's yeah, type yeah, of yeah. situation. Flat top grill. Mm-hmm. Pardon. Can we um, backtrack? Did you did you say you live in the in the woods? Mm-hmm. Um, are you closer to your new dip? I'm not talking about ranch dressing either. Shout out to Vixen from Dallas. <laughs> Primetime click. <laughs> Look up this song when you all get a chance. It's called Vixen My Dip. South Dallas, Oak Cliff. Dip. D-I-P. My girls. So, Jace, answer the question. Jace, we're on borrowed time. I, I got things I to do. I don't have it's a dip. Late. Okay. Just wanted to know if um, that's if that was reason for your relocation. No, I've been in Temecula a lot. My help, my help, I'm sorry. I hope my parents um, moved. So they moved about a month and a half ago. I've been helping them uh, redo their house. Um, 42 acres of land, horses, cattle. Okay. All that shit. So, yeah. But there is no dip. Okay. So. Well. <laughs> LGBT, LGBT corner. corner. <laughs> wow. 
Well, <laughs> this weekend, um, the MTV Movie and Television Awards, it was the first time MTV decided to do and recognize the greatness of television. Um, and Asia Kate Dillon um, from Billions, she's the first non-binary identifying actor that is casted in a major television show as a non-binary character in Billions. Um, what, sorry? <laughs> no, I was thinking about something, about how somebody recently came out and said that they're tri-bi, bisexual, oh, <laughs> biracial. It's something like bisexual, biracial, and bipolar. Yeah, That's what yeah, they I said. Saw that. Oh, tri-bi. Well, so when you said non-binary, <laughs> I was... It was I know triggered. plenty of tri-bi people. Um, <clears throat> is, is, a quick question. Is non-binary the same as gender non-conforming? It can be. It, it, but, but it's not practically they're, they're they are <clears throat> mutually exclusive but it's practically okay the, yeah. um so she presented the first non-gendered award um non-binary gender award um to emma watson for emma watson. her role in um beauty and the beast and i so, loved that opening number at the awards the beauty and the beast uh opening number that they did did you see it no i didn't see it, oh, it was, i was turned was off good. from the show because i watched the live while i was at brunch Atlanta. on sunday I watched the live um, pre-show, and oh. it was so poorly. Well, I won't even say it was poorly done because I didn't know it was hailing at some parts of some par- parts of Los Angeles. Oh, really? So apparently, the carpet was like obviously people weren't standing out in the hail, so the carpet was empty. But the way MTV was shooting the carpet, it was just it was ta- it, it was yeah, nobody it was, was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, what's going on? Like, are they not? And the movie the awards side door. have always been. There was a little controversy ra- uh, raised too because this is the first year that they've included TV in the movie award. Right. And uh, RuPaul was just given his award, like on, like set it on his table and walked away. So he did not even get a chance. This oh. is someone who is a pioneer and this is groundbreaking. He has but a RuPaul, KAT shout out. RuPaul's Drag Race <laughs> won an award. And, and they didn't They didn't have enough time in the telecast they didn't, for, for the great. RuPaul. Mm, I would have so. been pissed too. Well, Asia Kate Dillon um, presented this award to um, to Emma Watson, and it was the first time that any major award show has ever done this. So you know, it's typically se- separated into best female actor, best male, mm-hmm. act- best female actress, best male actor, um, and this was the first time that it was just the best actor. Um, and I thought that the, it, it's really revolutionary for for I was so shouting out to MTV and. Um, Asia Kate Dillon for you know starting that um, I, a couple months ago the Emmys the Television Academy reached out to Asia Kate Dillon um, asking her how she if she was to be considered for an Emmy what category did she want mm-hmm. to be in because there's no they right <laughs> um, <laughs> and oh I'm supposed to be referring to her as they to, oh really oh. supposed to be referring to pause a- rewind you're supposed to be referring they. to them as they Yes. Um, I did not know that. Okay, so let's... Sorry, Asia. No, I genuinely apologize. And so Asia said that um, the actor is a non-gendered word that she preferred... That they prefer to use. Okay. Um, So wait, hold on. So Emma Watson won the award... For best actor. Instead of actress. Okay. Because they're just... It's just one category. Yes. So she was nominated with men. Totally. Yes. Got it. Mm -hmm. Because I saw saw tweets and I saw... Something about the gender non-binary, and I was like, "But Belle 
It's no, no, no. It's not the character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the person. But now I, I, now I understand. I was confused by like the memes and the posts and stuff Moonlight, best kiss. Yeah, I thought that was great. The guys of Moonlight. I thought that was great, and they seem so comfortable in their skin. They're both, they're both straight men, cis straight men. Yeah, as far as I know. Yeah. Um. So that's just really black. It's really rare to see. Look, that scene is so pivotal because, like, as a you ain't like it. Mm, the first time I didn't like it. The second time I took it for what it was. Okay. No. Um. I, the I thought the MTV was moving in in the right direction. And the guy uh, who played Kevin, they caught up with him in the airport, and they asked why it's older true. Kevin or yeah, younger Kevin, the Kiss Kevin. Okay. And they Teenage asked Kevin. him why. That didn't they recreate the kiss because that's tradition. Uh-huh. When you oh, win yeah. for best yeah, kiss yeah, yeah, at the yeah. MTV Awards, you're supposed to kiss. And he said he didn't. They didn't feel the need to like he he gave respect to the characters yeah. and it won like that type of movie where they would recreate the kiss. So he it was it was cute. It was How old a is joking he? Way. I don't he's, know. Um, Does he have age? Yeah, he's about twenty twenty one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna tweet him. He tonight. gave a very uh, and black men can't get away with that. He, uh, I mean, just to be honest, yeah. But it was a great opening number. If you have a chance, go back and rewatch it. It was for Beauty and the Beast. Amber Rose looked great everybody. too. She did. Issa Rae great. was the announcer. She was the MC light of the night. Because last year Shout they had that Amber girl that her show got canceled from MTV. Well, not, maybe her name is Amber. <laughs> <laughs> she looks like that's why um, she got canceled. <laughs> what was her name again? Jessica no, we, Abigail. We talked about her before. She wasn't funny. She Monica. had that. Oh, Nicole Byer. <laughs> yes. Nicole Byer. <laughs> oh, Nicole. Yes, and she was she was the announcer. She's funny on Girl Code, but yeah, not but really much in anything else. Yeah. Um, so I would love to hear Issa do something. Yeah, Issa was. Yeah, it was good. But anyway, LGBT Corner goes out to MTV and Asia Kate Dillon. Amen. Thank you, Kendall. Good job, MTV. So sesame seed. My topic. I'm going to play the clip for you all, and then I'm going to introduce. My topic. Tell that I am trans. That's not only okay, that's beautiful because trans is beautiful. <laughs> trans is beautiful. And I am not beautiful despite my big hands, my big feet, my wide shoulders, my height, my deep voice, and all of the things that make me beautifully and noticeably trans. I am beautiful because of those things. We, we live in a world that constantly tells women we aren't enough. We aren't skinny enough, young enough, pretty enough, smart enough, white or black enough. The texture of our hair isn't straight or curly enough. All of these messages tell women, and particularly women of color, that we are not enough. And I got to tell you, I struggle with this stuff every single day. But for today, I have to tell myself that this is it. This is who I am and what I look like. Today... Today, I have to look in the mirror and say not only that this is enough, but that this is beautiful. And it is my hope that each and every one of you today will be able to do the same thing. Thank you so much. All right. So my topic is about self-love. And Laverne, we know that we all, everybody in this room know that Laverne delivers. Now, Laverne did receive a little side eye for me at first because at the top of the clip, she speaks uh, about self-love and embracing and accepting our differences, but she also kind of sheds light on um, how trans, so much of transitioning, uh, as far as trans people are concerned, is geared geared towards blending in and quote-unquote passing. passing. Now, where, where I clocking. think that she... Not, not clocking. <clears throat> anti-clocking. What I, where I feel like she missed the mark just a little bit 
is that, and it sounded like she was talking from her privilege, is that, yes, we live in a world today where you can, quote unquote, visibly be trans. And it's like, oh, okay, to some people. Because she was saying that she feared for her life. Like she, you know, she transitioned a while back and she was in New York City. And even though it's very progressive, Mm -hmm. uh, she's talked about how she never blended in. Like she will never be mistaken for a cis woman. That's what she was saying. Um, not to put words in her mouth, but essentially to paraphrase. Right. Um, and so where I felt that she missed the mark is that assimilating for a lot of trans people is essential to survival. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people, no matter where, what corner of the United States you're in, um, how progressive the city is in that, that you live in, um, assimilating and fitting into the binary is essential to your well-being, your survival, your access right. to certain resources everything because i'm speaking from personal experience um i I always joke around and call myself on twitter binary trash because not not really but it's a joke because i do subscribe to everything that is associated with female attributes attributes gender roles like i mean now you're a girl there's certain things but people who don't subscribe that doesn't make them any less of a woman i don't Mm -hmm. think that Mm -hmm. so what i'm saying is there are certain things i don't subscribe to everything down the checklist but i'll say like 92 percent of it (laughs) that's me i'm a hair point two i'm a hair makeup nails dress wearing frilly i'm a woman um and so and and correct me if i'm wrong you take some pride in passing in most spaces. Um, I don't know if it's passing. I kind of had to unlearn because th- that that can be a little harmful um, because when you do get clocked, because there are times that I get clocked, it's, it's a bruise to any girl's ego, mm-hmm. no matter who you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've learned through conversations with other trans women that I'm not passing. I'm just being, I'm just Char, right. like literally. And so I find that my own transition was not really fueled towards, girl, I got to blend in. I got to blend. It was just like, this is what I like. Mm -hmm. This is me. This is what I like. I like winged liner and lashes and tall heels and frilly breakfast at Tiffany's Phaedra Parks dresses. (laughs) Like, these are things that I like. You might want to attribute that to some other woman. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I'm speaking to her dress, not her attitude. Somebody's getting fired. But the way that Phaedra dresses, I I can subscribe. Like, her dress, like, I love that silhouette. It's similar. It's akin to Michelle Obama's silhouette, like the flair of it. So, um, and I, I'm kind of a flashy woman, but that is also how, and I've spoke to this on the podcast, that's also how my mother and her sisters are. Respectability um, is a huge part of being. Yes, and mm-hmm. I I have uh, openly admitted to subscribing yeah. to respectability. Yeah. Presentation. That was the household that I was raised in. If you had, I remember my mother <laughs> telling me, if you have chipped nails, that means you have dirty underwear. Oh, people that, are it gonna, was, that it was a people, fair correlation. People, <laughs> this, this, this is down Charlie south. This is oh never, <laughs> never, never. Ever. <laughs> They're teal and pretty. They're never. teal and pretty. Um, so chipped nails translate. So there are certain things there that are things that, that yeah you know. And if you followed my site assist to hashtag c i t e a s i s t a. Um, conversation on Twitter, then you would see that we talked about a lot of things about unlearning behaviors and things like that. So aside from Laverne's, uh, I guess, highlight on 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 quote unquote passing, because a lot of there are a huge sector of women that do not blend into society. One might even say I don't. Oh, people have said it before. I'm a big girl. I'm five nine. I stand out and in I, the crowd. I think that's a matter of perception. Perce- of of 
pre- I mean, yeah, perception, really. Like, I'm it, what who you pass to, to, to some, it was not. Like, some other exactly. people are going to be like, I knew. And um, some people are going to be like, for real? Right. No. Also, right. like, at the end of the day, like, who cares? Well, I care because <laughs> it is essential to my safety in certain spaces and my survival. And, and I would say... When, it is in a job. No, no, interview, I know that, but I'm talking about if other someone people. does not agree with trans people or certain, or there are certain p- politics involved, and they see this trans woman interviewing, no matter how good I am, and you're the, not get, you're not working for me. And mm-hmm. and with I think in the society that we live in, the clocking becomes the narrative. It becomes the story. So yes. even so, it's not just to say you whisper over to your friend, "Hey, is that." It's that is that is now what I have to discuss. Yes. It is not going to now. I can't talk the hot topics. Well, that's part that's of the reason. And that's why we don't. <laughs> when I first transitioned, I was focused on living stealth, and I feel like this is a lot of trans women's journeys. I was focused on living stealth, and stealth means no one knows your tea. Right. And that's because a lot of the old head trans women in Chicago that I talked to, a lot of them lived in stealth, and the only people who would know would be their lovers. But then when the lovers get disgruntled, now your whole identity is up against the wall. But that's only because it's not. 92, and if you're passing, then you were able to exceed in certain areas in life. So um, I was focused on that because I thought that that would lead to an easier life. But what I have learned is that living 100% in my truth is always easier than covering something <laughs> up. So that is why I, I wear it on my sleeve, and I'm not afraid to tell people that, look, I am a trans woman. It was funny. And- um, yesterday, I mean, I can't speak as a trans woman because I'm a gay man or whatever you want to identify me as, but I was talking to a friend who is a cisgender male and was a barber, and he was saying that he was in a barber shop and um, he thinks his coworker's gay, and he was kind of like, he was trying to tell me like, you know, I just want him to come out to me. I just want to like, you know, let's talk about it. Da, 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 da. And I was like, I know you're trying to like have good intention, like with having him feel comfortable in his workspace or whatever. But like, he needs to do it on his own time. Yes. And like, he's in a barber shop. That's a very homophobic, <laughs> misogynistic, and like, we talk, we notoriously. Talked about that on site assistant, as far as cis people need to check their privilege, as far as LGBT people don't owe you. It's not right. about anything. you. Mm-hmm. I've heard too many times gay men coming out of the closet after however long. And some the narrative cis, flips. some cisgender <laughs> straight person that wants to feel better about themselves and the way that they receive home, um, people that identify as homosexual. And why didn't you tell me? I would have been fine. This isn't about right. you. This is not your story. This is not your tale. Now the only time that I will, because I've, I've I received a DM from a girl and she uh, has someone in her life who is gender non-conforming, non-binary, and she said that she did not know the pronouns to use. And I said in that, and she was Ask. very, she was, but she was very nervous of trekking into that territory right. of you owe me. And I told her the simplest, anything can be said. It's all about how you frame it, mm-hmm. the words that you use, and the tone. And I said the simplest way I believe would be like. Pull them off to the side without drawing attention and say, if you do not mind me asking, what pronouns would you prefer me to address you by? That's like she was overthinking this out of fear that this person well, was going to. You know where that comes from. What does it come from? Being attacked. Oh, Jesus. Which I got troll. Mm. I don't. I don't know if that's fair. Mm. I don't know if that's fair because her specifically, she said she did not want to come across as I'm cis and you owe me your pronoun. Right. I understand that. I don't think I'm that not... comes out of being attacked. I think that comes out of exactly what Shar said. People not knowing how 
to approach this exactly is really people new. Know how. I, we're all adjusting right we're all adjusting and i think i i got i got dragged on twitter about a month ago when i was saying all right people who are non don't not conforming that need to be more patient with people who may just not know and if I they saw say, I saw both sides of that debate, and that's not especially knowing you because you can be a callous person. You can be very crass in your delivery. This isn't an attack on you. This is a critique, an honest critique, and I believe that everyone listening would agree. Sometimes your delivery with your tone can be just a little. So it depends. Like I said, everything can be said, everything can be asked, but it is all about the delivery, the int- not even with the intent, the delivery, the word selection, the tone. It's a whole little gumbo that goes into asking people things you know what i'm saying and even the way that you came across on twitter with uh telling people to be more patient as opposed to maybe suggest or having an open i could have reworded it but right but 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 that that's omit the but that's it i know i I could have reworded that i know that i know that but i am saying but the root because I, I wasn't even talking about initially a trans person. I wasn't talking about trans at all. I was talking about gender non-binary. And then the trans community got all upset, da 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 Because it's because under that umbrella. Because that's a topic for them. And it's I know it's a sensitive the, topic, but I'm saying... Plus, people like, are getting clocked. People, so okay. we don't know who's non-binary. Right, 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 right. right. But for example, woman. so if you came up to... If someone came up to you... Actually, no, not even you. If someone came up to my dad and was like, should I call you a he, she, or they... He won't know what the hell that they're talking about, and he may get upset. So people are going to get offended on all different angles of the conversation. We talked talked about this during the side assisted discussion as far as older generations not not liking their ideas and thoughts challenged. But it's something that, you know, we got to roll with. We got to, you know, and I don't really see in all honesty – um, as far as the attack, I don't really see that happening to a lot of older generations. From my own experience, I don't see mm. Jace's dad, for example, or I won't even say your dad, someone in your dad's age group being dragged on Twitter for a misgen. It's always a peer. Like someone that's like 33. Because a lot of times it's coming from an antagonistic Thank you. place. Thank uh, you. That, that to me, especially, and this is no... This is no um, attack on you, Jace, but I think that in the spaces that we are in, um, as the platform that we have and in the work that you do, I think that people have expectations of us. And so if I'm stepping I know. If I'm stepping into I know. if I'm stepping but into if someone who is twenty nine years old and not in the community. But you're saying you know, but you stepped into the conversation and said something that offended people by telling them by telling them that they need to be patient in the way that people receive their identity. I and, would recommend to be a little. You, the, I would recommend. Might I suggest? <laughs> might I suggest? See those little words. They, they matter. Something. They matter, as Iyama would say. May I suggest? Also, people what? in defense of the argument that you just presented of someone like 29 who may not be in the community. I don't know if I fully buy that either because the conversation's everywhere. It's going no, on on your not. Facebook. Yes, it is. If you follow, even the Shade Room talks about Take it. Take it upon yourself. I sh- uh, TLC is no re- oh, to, Lord, to me. Like, no. don't hijack my topic. <laughs> TLC. Oh, I haven't. I have okay. not finished okay. my topic. All I'm oh, saying. I'm so, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. All I'm saying is that whether you are in the community or not in the community, I firmly believe that LGBT conversations are happening everywhere. In the barbershop, in person, they are happening on Facebook, Instagram. Whether you follow Baller Alert, Famous, The Shade Room, they're happening on your Twitter, they're happening on your Tumblr, they're even happening on your Tinder. So it's just it's, they're it's happening no on excuse. your favorite Kardashian show. Yes, they're like, happening it's on your everywhere. on your Real Housewives. They're happening on CNN, on ABC. Uh, 
It is literally everywhere. So if you are 29 and if you happen to be, if you happen to quote unquote not know, it's because you are actively choosing to live under a rock. At, keyword is I actively. Don't agree with that at all. So you don't believe that people in our generation are pre-exposed as of today. I think they're more exposed. As of Absolutely. today. To the conversation. I think they're more exposed. Not... So you think, hold hmm. on, let me let me frame this right. You think a 29-year-old with an unlimited data plan <laughs> mm-hmm. with the with the, with the smartphone mm-hmm. has no idea about conversations with gender non-binary and trans people and things I'm like that. I'm not gonna say has no idea, but there's still questions. And there's questions that I'm able to I may know that they may not. No, no, no. I don't think that we no, should have all the answers. Yeah, I'm not going. I just that's think not what that I we saying. should that we should do the work, and a part of doing right. the work is learning how to approach it. I agree. Um, and 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 you can ask anything. It just like I said, again, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna keep uh going in circles about this because this isn't even my topic. No, yeah, so Laverne, my <laughs> self love. My topic was about self-love and what Laverne just said. And she said, basically, in a nutshell, if you revert back to the clip, she said her big hands, her broad shoulders, her big feet, her deep voice. She is not pretty in spite of those things. She is pretty beautiful, excuse me, because of those things. So what are some things that you all had to unlearn that maybe you didn't like about yourself that are unchangeable? Because you, everybody can go get a nip and a tuck. And, 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 you know, get the nose fixed and the ears pinned back. But as far as hands, shoulders, and, and like, what are some maybe physical things? Because we're all capable of changing our attitude. But what are some physical things that you've just kind of had to learn to accept along the way that you maybe didn't like about yourself? And now you're just like, I'm, I'm beautiful because of this. This is it. Like Laverne <laughs> said, I woke up this morning and God damn it. <laughs> this is it. This is it. Well, I think um, I have. I have my fa- like I have very large features. My eyes are big, my nose is big, my lips are big. And I feel like I grew into that like, for a long time. It was like <laughs> your face is just big. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um and you do have very big eyes. <laughs> Tracy Ellis Ross almost. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, if we I lined those bad boys mm-hmm. and popped a lash on. <laughs> um, um, so I think those are things that I just learned to embrace because it definitely wasn't going anywhere. My dad has huge eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think physically, I, I think some of um, whatever someone might deem, might deem effeminate or feminine qualities, um, I really had like to. Like what? The limp wrist. I don't have a limp wrist. You're <laughs> angry at the waitress. I don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> um but I um I just think whatever whatever that may be. I mean I've been I've been called gay far before I ever identified mm-hmm. as gay or, or was interested in a man. So um mm. I, that came from um just just perception. Right. Yeah. Um and so some of those things I went for a long time trying to hide it. Be ma- be more masculine or just mm-hmm. be, be something that I was not comfortable with. Um, and I had to just embrace me and whatever, yeah. whatever, whatever society and whatever I had was entrenched with and, and became the person mm-hmm. that I am, um, what it is. Cause was it was an specific, active, was there a specific turning point? Hmm. I just had this conversation, um, with a friend the last time that I dated a girl, um, a woman, um, as long as you don't say female. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> I don't want to get attacked. Female, Last time I dated a, a these female females. Human, a female, um, female human being. Um, and 
and then I started like, and then I had a, a sexual encounter with a, a male, mm-hmm. and at the same damn time. And then I. And then I went on. I can't even focus because the questions are so juvenile. Um, and then I went on to like, I, like almost have to decide, like, not that I couldn't be bisexual, but that because I was always perceived as gay, mm-hmm. um, it was like almost which is easier. Like if I, if it's just easier just to go with men. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think somewhere around sophomore year of college. Um, was that turning point? This I went. No, I did I went to a, a best friend of mine, or well, a, she was just a friend at the time, a new friend in college, and I was like, I was frustrated with the fact that a, a girl that I liked had straight up asked me, Are, "Aren't you gay though?" Mm-hmm. Oh. And I was like, "My kind of girl." <laughs> <laughs> and I was <laughs> my kind of girl. Say it like you mean. And it. I was like, "Well." <laughs> Don't that's, you were shook. That's counterproductive to you, what I'm trying to do. You were here. shook it. So she um, said, "Not today." Um, no, but so I really that was a changing. That was that I was think that was point. that was the point where I. So no, I went to my friend and I was like, I just like I, I need to be more masculine because this is frustrating. And like, is your I, friend a guy or a girl? A girl. Okay. Um and and. I came to college able to basically start anew. Like nobody knew me from mm-hmm. high school and fresh had all these preconceived the fresh rumors and shit. Um, and this is still following me. So clearly, I'm giving off something here. It's in the seat um, of the soul. And she was like, she was like, well, if you acknowledge it, then then change it. And I went on for a few weeks, and then I remember her pulling me aside, um, and she was like, remember that conversation we had a few weeks ago? She was like, you're a great person. Like, be you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And I don't think at the time it was this big Ianla aha moment. Um, we couldn't have been classmates. Um, but I think. Jesus. <laughs> but I think that well, that it, it was a it was a shift. For it me. was a shift because she, she reaffirmed that you're enough as you are. Right. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. What, what's right, this? Right, right. Yeah. What's yeah, yeah, this? Yeah. Faking the funk. You're yeah. enough. But okay, so but my question really at the same damn time was serious because like, were you dating a girl and a guy at the same time, or being physical, with a, or was it just like? You're being physical with a girl, then all of a sudden, wham, there's a guy in your life. And then it was kind of a back and forth situation, or did you just kind of stop cold turkey? <laughs> like I was addicted. Um, I think. Not addicted. No, no, no. I get it. I. Um, addicted. I don't. I, I, I think it was probably like a, a back. But it, I wasn't ever dating the guy. Like it was like one. It was the first time that I'd ever been physical with a man. Uh huh. And it was like, okay. Um, like literally, literally, this sounds like the summer for me, going from eighth grade to freshman year. But Char, but you always knew that you were that you you yes. you identified as gay a, lo- a long time. No, I didn't. I didn't come out identifying as gay until I was a freshman in high school. I was very always but you very were effeminate. Yes, okay. I was always very effeminate, but, you know, uh, society. And there were yeah. things that I had to unpack. And then I didn't even know. The only reason why I came out as gay is that's because everybody told me that's what I was. Right, right, right. Trans- uh, transitioning. What's but that? It, <laughs> if I, oh, if I would have known at 14, I would have been sneaking and popping bones <laughs> and stabbing my thigh long before now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but oh this is reminiscent of, like I said, that summer. That summer was such a transition summer for me, no pun intended. Uh, my parents were divorcing. And uh, there was a girl that I was dating. We were we were 
if, if, if we're keeping it funky, we were girlfriend. Like, hey, girl. Like, it was, that's what it was. But it looked good, and I got my street cred. Right. Like, oh, so-and-so has a girlfriend. And she was cool. Um, and then, uh, ooh, um, that summer. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yeah. that, Bring it back. Bring that it back. That summer was a good summer because I got my first taste, um, not of her, but of, of, of a him. Of him. And I never looked back. And I remember being so dramatic with my coming out when I thought I was gay that I actually ended up vomiting. Like, I was so nervous. Yes, I was so nervous. I told my friends. I remember I walked one of my friends. Shout out to Shalea. I walked her around the block. And I was like, I really have. Like, I was nervous because I thought I was going to enter high school with no friends. This was the summer before high school, a new environment, everything. And I told her. and She was like. You know, like, okay. And then I remember telling my mom, that's when I vomited. And my mom literally looked at me. I will never forget this. And she said, she was looking at me like, I wish you all could see my face. She was looking at me like, okay, <laughs> okay so girl. what you what you, what want you for really dinner? want right. <laughs> Literally, she asked me what I wanted for dinner. And I did this whole scene. Like, there were tears and there was dry heaving. I, did, I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know. <laughs> So yes, so that I'm experience, my head right now. that experience kind of mirrors mine. And then little did we know, you know, down the road, mm-hmm. you know, Shari, Shari immersed. I couldn't say it. I had to. I was on the phone with my friend. I, I think to, it's. I think I it's a to, struggle for everyone to look to in the mirror. It, I had to put it my phone on speaker and and type it. And I I didn't type. I typed it back. Like so unnecessary. Mm. No, mm. no. I think it's I tough typed it backwards at the beginning for anyone to she, say. I remember it. Her mm-hmm. struggling through, like, what? What does this say? Yeah, yeah. Your friend was very patient. Uh, <laughs> no, um, but yeah, myself, like the the trans thing, and I've talked about this on the show. The trans thing was way harder. Yeah. for me, as yeah. far as letting everyone know. Anywho, what would you change, Jace? Well, what I change? Um, I wouldn't change anything, but things. Oh, I, no, I'm sorry. What would you? What did you have to learn to accept? Yeah. Um, because of, not in spite of. Mm, definitely my weight. That was in my hands. I have big hands, and so people just. So growing up, um, like a starfish. Hmm. Your hands look like a starfish. Oh, I was called ET, but starfish ET, well, same that's thing. That's rude. That's rude, but. I was told <laughs> I, I was told I had DSLs in third grade. Like people Dick's were wildly lips? inappropriate. Like grossly. That's wildly inappropriate. People called you DSL in second grade? Third. I was called oh. gay for the first time in third grade. Mar- Marcellus. Terry Barney, because mm. I was better at t- at soccer than him. I was better at handball. Oh my God. I was literally better at soccer <laughs> than this deaf. guy. And he was like <laughs> Yo, gay ass. And I remember asking my third grade teacher, and she said, that's something, Darlene Meyer, I remember everyone's name. And she said that that's First something. And last. That, oh, yes. She said that is something that I need to ask my mother. And what my, it is? Yes. She said she can't. She, <laughs> oh, please. Take as it a, home to mama. As a teacher, I would say the same thing. That's something you ask your mama. Don't come to <laughs> me. Because you ain't. <laughs> right. You're about to get me in Lawsuit, trouble. Lawsuit, right. So anyway, go ahead, Jace. Um, my way, because. Like, growing up, I was always skinny. I was always thin. I was always tall. And I remember, like, I remember second grade, sorry, not second grade, uh, middle school, I had a size 13 shoe. Jesus. And in the seventh grade, I, like, had these big-ass feet. And that's when lugs were in. Remember lugs? Yes. I was yeah, like so a I had seven. these big-ass lugs, these skinny little frame. And I'm, like, I'm skinny now, but you think I, so I you was. So you looked like La Cienega Boulevard is. I looked like Gumby. <laughs> Remember when La Cienega yes, was at the pool? I have a friend that I call La Cienega Boulevard, as I won't say her name on air. but um, Tell me afterwards. I will. You know her. But I didn't have a big head. 
Okay. Oh, well, everybody on the Proud Family had a big head. Yeah. So. Yeah. But I was I was definitely like tall, Gumby. And I would always, uh, I remember in high school, um, I went to a private school. We talked about this before. Yes. And I would always wear pants. And literally, if you look at the inside shins, what? As opposed to shorts? <laughs> As opposed to shorts. <laughs> okay. So look like, what else? I get it. I didn't As opposed know what, to shorts. I didn't know what the option B was. The story, okay, so the it. story is, is that I wore pants every single day while my leg hair was growing in. And like literally on my calves, I'm bald on both legs in the middle. Because every time I'm growing, it would rub off. But I didn't want people to know I had skinny legs. And so, so you were wearing pants. It'd be 104 degrees. And so everybody's in shorts. in Riverside. Yeah, and the IE. Wow. Just sweating. Yeah. But, but, wow. Because I didn't want people to know I was skinny. But you and, had to learn to love it. Uh-huh. And one day I was just like, fuck it. And so what, what was your turning point? Is that was your nude shoot? My nude shoot? No. My nude shoot, uh, I did a nude shoot in Brooklyn. And that rooted from some very... Uh, interesting self-esteem issues I was having. Um, and I got the opportunity to do it. And I said, yeah. Okay. But um, You're braver than me. Yeah, I was on top of a rooftop I in Brooklyn, rolling around naked. It was really professional. I was really happy about that. And the pictures came out amazing. Um, but there was just some really uh, sexual issues I was having with an ex of mine at the time. And so I felt really horrible about my body. And so... Uh, okay, you're going to have to tell us this. Do I? Was it the trash bot? Sexual no. issues and you felt bad about your body. Yeah, because I didn't feel like I was appreciated fully for my body. What did he want? A thickums? A Serena? <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, okay. Very rarely. Uh, okay, do you want very, me to be transparent? Very rarely do I'm just saying because very rarely do I hear men uh -huh. who are thin mm -hmm. say, especially that are, I should say gay men who are thin say this. All right, it was about my dick size. And it was too big. And so he did not want to have sex with me. And as my boyfriend, I that's how I expressed my love to him. Or wanted to. You wanted to top him. Mm-hmm. Start topping All the time. Him and then we tried several times and it did not work. Okay. And so I wasn't able to express my love to him like I have to people I've loved in the past. Okay. And so I slowly over time started being a little bit more insecure about my body. And so um, I did a new photo shoot. It's fascinating. After. Because I'm sure a lot of people listen. Well, I should say a lot limiting. of people listening. I can't imagine a lot of men being insecure for that reason. Oh, yeah. No, and That's... I still get issues today. I got told I needed a dick reduction today. Great day. You need to know that. But mm -hmm. uh, thanks. You wanted me to be transparent? So I'm there it is. I'm talking about today. I'm talking about today, too. So that's too. when you've learned Read the to, you have learned to uh, appreciate. My body as a full yes. being. Right. All right. Well, that covers that topic. Kendall, what you got for us? <laughs> um, and this kind of goes in line with a couple things we've been discussing today. I wanted to discuss a, a big problem that I recognize in the gay community. Um, I won't say LGBT. I'll just say the gay community. Um, and that's heteronormativity, um, whether that comes in, in form of gender roles or just expectations overall in gay relationships and how how you all feel about it like what are your experiences um with friends or or recognize it in the media um because i find it to be a problem um definitely with relationships uh i'm starting to see it 
I'm not going to say go away, but become less prevalent. I think a lot of times, like, you see... In your relationships or in general? In general. My relationships are always different. Okay. <laughs> different is going to be the word I'm going to use. Um, but I remember I used to see, um, like, couples who were like, you see, like, someone who's, like, short and skinny, and they'd be like, oh, that's the bottom. He's the girl. And then if you see someone who's, like, tall and buff and hyper-masculine, like, oh, he's the top. Like, that's, like, kind of roles, and he should be paying. These are things that we, that have never been challenged. Right. And I saw, uh... I've been guilty of it with assuming things like that. I'm not going to even lie. Right. And and I've I've been surprised a lot of times, too. But I'm like, oh, Me, too. Okay. Okay. Um... Go ahead. No, but, uh, but basically, that's, I think we're, it's come a long way especially with the young generation who is just like, I am he, she, they, and I don't agree with the gender. And I think they're a lot more open, racial, um, sexual, anything like that. Ooh, so Got to keep that racial unlock. <laughs> Dola's owls out there. <laughs> I'm talking about dating outside the race. Oh. Um, I, I can't really speak to this because I shared at the top of the hour that I am quote unquote <laughs> binary trash. I subscribe <laughs> to it. Um, I do not subscribe. Like I said, to the point where it's like, oh, you should be barefoot and scrubbing around the toilet. Like nothing like that extreme. But uh, from from examples that I've seen with my friends, the only time that I've seen heteronormativity, what's the heteronormativity? Mm-hmm. Is with uh, jokes like Twitter jokes, like bottoms are supposed to, da, da, yeah. da, da, you know, like things like you that. Don't think I that imitates life at all. I can't say that I've seen Re- in recent jokes years, are funny because they're true. But I'm saying in recent years, post. in my experience, I can't say that I've seen that. Now, I, I to piggyback off of what Jace was saying, I have been guilty of oh, you're the bottom type thing because you all <laughs> but, know that. But I, okay, but we're, okay, when you're talking about heteronormativity, I'm bottom and top culture. That's one thing versus gender roles in general. Because just but, because somebody's a bottom doesn't mean that they're the girl. Where are the right, topics? but that goes into the heteronormative. Like, if you see someone, doesn't that go with the... With, doesn't that mirror the heteronormative? I think it's a part of it, but I don't want to make them synonymous. Okay, because in my experience, that's what... Before I was even introduced to top and bottom, it was you're the girl in the relationship, you're mm-hmm. the boy in the relationship. Mm-hmm. That's the language that was used in when I was growing up. Hmm. Um, and... <laughs> Have you not cared to dismantle that in your own in your own thinking and 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 as it pertains to my uh, as, as it pertains to my personal walk no because I, I I honestly always have been the girl I mean if in my personal walk but as it comes to my friends I let them do th- them I don't feel like that's ever my place to challenge whatever system they got going on in their mm-hmm, relationship because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. whatever works for you if you like it I love it as it pertains to that. Um, but I, I haven't felt, uh, the need to, but that, that does go hand in hand when people do see, I think when people automatically think, oh, you're a bottom, they automatically think you're getting your bills paid. You're feminine, not feminine, but uh, you know, there's still jokes made about masculine bottoms and feminine tops. But I I find it, I just think uh, the reason the topic is brought up because I think the the whole thing uh, well, it's it not important <laughs> where oh. it originated from, but I think the whole thing—it's not—needs um, to. I, like I've heard people say that that they would love to be a guest on Kiss and Tell to give the masculine perspective. Oh, so, 
well, that ain't got nothing to do with me. So right. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm kidding. And um, I, I don't even. I don't. You take offense to it? No, I didn't take offense to it. I just find it. I find it funny uh-huh. because. Again, if you why engage in any heteronormative culture if you are homosexual? Right. Because people that is, is something that is in something that is learned and taught to us and beat in our heads from day one, and it is but very being, very so hard. So overflows into it's, but it's very very hard for people to start unpacking and start reversing. I that. think it's critical to your mental. Your understanding of your gay identity in relationships, because that if you're subscribing to heteronormative roles <laughs> or heteronormative culture, how will you be successful in a homosexual relationship? Do you know what's funny or, is that I didn't know how was that, that or how was that different healthy? strokes for different folks. Right. I've seen it. I've I didn't seen it know in relationships. That people, people yeah, I don't want to. Pres- I don't want to prescribe it as and be as, fine. Right, right, but. But I think that those expectations and coming in with those preconceived notions is dangerous because because that we're not heterosexual. So what what's right. the point? I didn't I kind of piggybacking on the last relationship I had, well, the one I was talking about before. I didn't know in gay culture that people identified as tops and bottoms until I was like twenty something. I thought tops that and bottoms fascinating to me because. Every time I had before, it was just like, "What are we doing tonight? Are you topping your so bottom?" So you were always. I, I, was I think to... that's more common than people want to. Oh admit. yes. Oh yes. Wait, wait, what was the question? That's more common. He just said that's more common than people want to admit. But just like they say, one man's bottom is well, one man's top There's is another, another man's, man's bottom. bottom. So versatility, I do believe, because I I've I've shared this on the podcast before, and I don't know if I'm talking out of school, but I think that it is somewhat antiquated. To, to be strictly, I mean, you have your preferences, but I believe that everybody. Yeah, but you, you won't hear a lot of a lot of traditional tops saying that. Yeah, and I mean, even I'm I'm guilty. I'm guilty. That's my point. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly, exactly what I'm talking about. I was reading an I'm article guilty. about like misogyny flowing into like the gay culture when it comes to bottoms and femininity. Absolutely. Well, misogyny yeah. deals specifically with women. But the ideas around it. But if you associate a bottom with being the a girl, girl in the relationship, right. you're, you're I know that I have been guilty of being, if, <laughs> if I saw like two feminine gay men together, I'd be like, how'd that work? Like in my I wouldn't ask <laughs> A them. double-fisted dildo. But I'm like, how does that work? Or even if I saw two masculine, two big buff masculine guys together, I'm like, how? I have been guilty of that in the past. It's become extremely like... So I'm like, how the hell are they together? What are they doing? In my head. I have In never asked anyone. Unless, you know, I've had one too many lemon drops <laughs> and we're really comfortable. I, so who's penetrating who? I, yeah, I find it to be a Or I'll pull a them to the side. So if you don't mind me asking. Wall in... in my dating life, at least. Really? I, yeah. Because I don't want to be prescribed as anything. I, I, I do what 100%. Kendall does. Yeah. I don't cook. Okay. I like there's there's certain things that I might change a tire, but you know, like I yeah. there's just nothing that there's nothing that I come in I think everybody has things that they're good at or that they naturally and enjoy. And people are attracted or, to opposites. So that that could that, do it. If you're a feminine gay man, then a lot of the now, times yes. you want a masculine gay man and, and vice versa. Well, no, because I've seen a lot of masculine gay men. There's a lot of femme shaming, like what Jace was just saying. Want other masculine it's, gay men. Because mm-hmm. yeah, um, of some of the things just associated with femme gay men, like messy and like there, you know, it's, it's a lot to unpack. But I'm literally from the outside looking in. Yeah. And just observing and listening. I tweeted about being, a, that, being the sounding board. Right. I mean, I think there's just so many different 
there's what eight point something billion people on this planet like and we're all very very different and i just think it's very interesting how somehow we always manage to try to clump each other into well binaries is what we live by and I we know, li- but, oh, we, but and we, we're like taking it apart and we're so but like, we live, don't, I don't label me, da, 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 and we're still But somehow, we live for a good label. We live for it, a good box. Yeah, it's a, That's hu- what every, it's a everybody, heuristic that helps people. I mean, if we had to go but through it's life. Like we, live, we live loving labels, but at the same time, we're like also loving finding our own subcultures within those labels. And so like these labels are getting more and more and more. Co-cultures, not sub. Co-cultures. You have to change your language. Um, but I do know, even oh, okay. speaking to your topic, Kendall, I know that it's polarizing. I have a, a, a girlfriend who is trans and she identifies, <laughs> I'm sorry, I just thought about a conversation that we I think had, I remember this. but she identifies sexually as a top. And I know that sometimes that can conflate and, and, and make the conversation a little, but she also likes gay men. So there are different types of people. I don't like gay men. And I ain't climbing nobody's back. Like, that's not me. Just thinking about it is making me break out in hives. But that is that is her in the bedroom. She says, no, honey, this is what I do. And I know that a and lot... And someone likes that. Oh, there are plenty of men. Right. Plenty of men. When it comes to trans women, they got mm-hmm. it tooted up and bending over. Plenty. Right. No matter what they identify as. So um, I... I feel that that trickles into us too because I've Mm -hmm. had conversations surrounding femininity because a lot of times trans people, well, trans women in particular are challenged to prove your womanhood Mm -hmm. to the world. Mm -hmm. And if you're going around publicly proclaiming you're a top, (laughs) that could, I don't want to use the term problematic because it's not problematic because she's living in her truth, but it can, it can mix up the conversation. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because again, I think I think the binary people can or bring the, that the into the simple... bathroom and stuff. Like you know, the, yeah, the oh, bathroom yeah. argument. Oh, like yeah, you know, yeah. Because if you're a top, you might stand at the urinal or something. Yeah, like what, what, um, what what's really going on? Now she's very she's feminine, but yeah, she... yeah. I think sexual what you do in the sexual in 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 the bedroom is very different than how you identify. Um, in regards yes. to, to a trans, but you see how it makes for a messy little yeah. sauce. Yeah, because don't, it's don't like say messy, Shar. <laughs> a sloppy little sauce. That's worse. <laughs> Ram sauce. Damn it! A congealed sauce. <laughs> um, it just uh, mm. it, it it the conversation can literally be never ending. I just think people need to stop looking for easy. Get to know people for who they are. It's so much easier said than done. It is. I mean, and absolutely. I'm... But that. But that's. But in, even with in... heteronormative, like I, me as a woman, I don't want a feminine man. A feminine straight man. Yeah. Well, yeah. I would don't want no nothing that identifies well, as homosexual. Be, I just want to be clear. Let me make this clear to the listeners. <laughs> I don't want nothing that identifies as homosexual. What I'm saying is, if a straight identifying man was feminine, there's yes. He ain't the man for me. There's nothing wrong with preferences. I'm feminine enough for the both of There's us. There's nothing wrong with preferences. <laughs> I don't want a feminine man either. Okay. I, I don't think there's anything so wrong. So do you think that that ties into your topic with you not wanting, because of your preference? Because it could be argued. Am I being, am I subscribing to heteronormativity or am I, or is this just a preference of mine? Well, no, I think when it, when you're prescribing the heteronormativity is is because you are you're prescribing that that's how somebody should be. Got you. Instead of saying this is my preference and this is not what I want. Right. Got you. But if I'm looking at the two the two feminine men, I'm automatically assuming how the hell does this work? I think that's the heteronormativity that's problematic. You assume um, that. 
Or you asked that question. No, he's speaking. If I were to assume okay. that, that, that would, that's what I'm I've, I've, that. that has run through my, I am not ashamed to admit yeah, I mean, it. I think it's a part of the I'd be like, wait, culture. they, they go together? They, <laughs> they boyfriends? <laughs> yeah. I just, I just be looking. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Jace, what you got? My topic today. So, I was keeping up with the Kardashians, your favorite, um, first family, Kendall. And the episode I saw, uh, they had an Xbox, not the game, the game console. They oh, had I saw this. Xbox this was a few weeks ago. A few weeks ago. I was keeping up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. Catching up. Catching up, catching up, keeping up, being involved, heavily entertained. Um, so they had Xboxes and Courtney had her Xbox and Chloe read aloud one of the love letters, not from Scott, but from someone else that she dated before. And then um, Kim found her Xbox where she had like a chicken nugget. She has a few. A few Xboxes? Yeah, she she's remember. a whore. She, uh, Kendall, can you please tell she's me how she's had ex-boyfriends. <laughs> Everybody tweet Kendall and ask him to define right. uh, how uh, Kim is a whore. Because I just see a girl who took some nude selfies and has a few ex-boyfriends. And if she wants to fuck, she's going to fuck. Exactly. Um, In the words so yeah, of Nene, you're but she a had whore. A, thank you. Um, I've been called worse. Um, but she had like a chicken box with like grease in it and stuff like that. Like, she had like all this like. It was from a first date. From a first date. They went to, to, to the drive-through. She was like mm-hmm. fifteen. She went through a drive-through and they had like they shared like a McNugget meal and she saved the box. It saved was the box. It was folded her. up. Yes. In this box. Um. In her Xbox. Um. And so was the condom in there too? Maybe you need to they stop while you're they ahead. They didn't pull it out. <laughs> you need to stop while Literally. you're ahead. Didn't that she, is rude? Didn't she admit to? Didn't didn't Chris say she started buying condoms for her when she was fifteen? I mean, maybe. Yeah, I mean, it was young, but that doesn't mean that okay. they were being used. Just asking, I've caught, I've, I've kept up in the past years too. Anyways, <laughs> anyways. So Chloe asked, Con- sorry, <laughs> Chloe asked Kim, "Does Connie know about this Xbox?" And she's like, "Yeah, I told him this morning." So my question to you guys is, if you were Connie West or you were so dating someone new and they had an Xbox or they had some like. You know, if you walked into their house and had an apartment, like, oh, that's a really cute picture. Oh, my Xbox up for me. Would you be offended? How would you handle that? And would you have tell them to toss it? I would like to remove myself from being Kanye West. Um, if I you think were he, in Kanye West, would shoes handle that in a or a position. Just say if you were in a relationship and you walked in and there was that's a, what I said. I'm really being annoying on purpose. I know. Um, Kendall answered. I um, go ahead, Sean. Oh, I just want to go on record answer. to say the first person that I ever saw with an Xbox dates back to uh, the year 2001. Uh, MTV Cribs, Destiny's Child, Kelly Rowland had an Xbox in her closet. I've um, never heard of it. Like, if you didn't explain it, that I was my know. First it was time. a shoebox full of like old stuff and Beyonce and Michelle were teasing her about Presages it. Presages from prom. Yeah. Um, now, I don't keep things like that, and I never have. At one point, I did collect. I don't know if I was just being a, a whore, but I did have uh, <laughs> condom wrappers. And I shared this, I believe. I don't know if we were on air when I've I talked about this. this you kept your. <laughs> I talked about this. I wrote the names on the con. I mean, I wasn't oh, out there. Oh yes, you did. Oh, yeah. you wrote the names. Got it. I, I, I wrote yeah. the names on the condom. I kept it. I copped it. Um, however, uh, if I had, if I was dating someone who kept memorabilia, kept an Xbox. I don't know how I would feel about that. As long as it's like tucked away and not on display. If you have a picture or something like some type of painting that your ex bought for you, it's not of them. It could it, have been yeah, a, yeah. Other trip to That's Paris. That's why I said bought mm-hmm. for you. Um, 
I don't know if I'd have a problem. I'd burn sage regardless because we need a fresh start. But I don't know if I would have a, a an issue with that, honestly. I don't think I'd have an issue personally with Xboxes as long as it's tucked away and it ain't brought out frequently. It, it, it can't even be brought out at all. Do it when I'm out with the girls. If you want to go through memory lane, you can do that. But um, I just believe that certain people have certain connections with people. And if you want to have it, then, I mean, just... Have, but don't disrespect our relationship. Right. Yeah, I think it, it depends. Um, I think um, to be safe, though, I would probably just say no. No. I wouldn't no even Xbox. tell them. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. No, yeah, I probably wouldn't walk into a relationship and be like, get rid of it. Um, but it wouldn't. I, but I'm there saying would be my a, Xbox wouldn't Oh, you be, wouldn't talk about it if my, you had one. Yes, my man would have to stumble across for, across it and be like, babe, what's yeah, this? Yeah, see, I question. Uh -oh. like, the, I'd be like, I forgot I had that. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, not before. I guess because of the way <laughs> I boxes. think about what I would hold on to. Like if I had it's an Xbox. Tangible. Yeah. Um, there would be, like there's people, there's exes that I haven't, I won't say gotten over, but that I could see being. You a, got a soft spot for yeah, them. Yeah, and I could see like save a concert ticket. Being, I mean, what all yeah. are you really saving in an Xbox and I could, nowadays? I could see being a problem um, for for a significant other, a current significant other. What do you mean when you say haven't gotten over? Like you would be texting them? No, no, no. But I'm saying if I'm if I have it, if I have the desire to keep something from them. Thinking of how I think. Like a beanie or something? Yes. Okay. Then there's a likelihood that I'm not over them completely. Um, so I, I know how I think. So mm -hmm. unfortunately, I, I um, put that on somebody else. So I just, I don't think I would feel comfortable with it. Like, let it go. He's your ex. Yeah. Let it go. But certain people have certain like concert tickets. To that's things. a different thing. That was an yeah. experience that I just feel like I went through. I just feel like <laughs> nowadays there's not really a lot of Xboxes. Okay, so what about the if, if you're 2017, Kim when you're 15? Then there's a lot to collect. If you're going through their Instagram sure page or their her. Facebook page and you see pictures you need to stop. of. Him. Is she a mirror? What does she say? Or she's not a mirror Jesus. here. <laughs> she's a whore. <laughs> oh, okay, so that? social media. Let's, do you guys delete your exes or people you've dated? You took a picture of. I'll delete friends. You delete friends. Yeah, if we're not friends anymore, what do you need to be on my Instagram for? Yeah, I just think they need Bye. to be erased. Bye. Yeah, um, I think they need to be erased. I don't like that. I save just it don't. to the cloud. You can delete it off your Instagram. <laughs> you can have that. Nowadays, there's so many different online drop boxes and stuff, and you can have that stuff hidden away where I will never, ever see it. But, I mean, I don't see a need. I'm not going to tell a man to be like, you need to delete that bitch off your Instagram. <laughs> um, but I, y'all not now, I, I am petty where, where why y'all still following each other. Yeah. Like, that got to go. It's why, certain things why you just got to it's, Why you be liking all his pictures? Yeah, it's certain things that just Ooh, that I would absolutely. challenge. And I, I know, very like that, I know I'm very terrible. That's what I'm saying. I know so me. Funny, I'm very territorial. Yeah, I've grown out of it because I remember like my first, I'm my first boyfriend. He used to give me all these gifts. He went to Europe and like bought me like all these. I ate all the shit away to the homeless people, and I was like, "Here you go, Merry Christmas." Because I didn't want well, anything see, that reminded me of him. Well, that's the around difference me. because but him. Probably did not have a the, that type of breakup. You if, no, it, no, no, if anybody no. has I'm a sloppy breakup, was, of course they're getting rid of everything. Mm, I mean, I've had sloppy breakups, but nowadays I really don't depend, care. Like, depends I have, on what am I, the sloppy one. It really does, but it's uh, like if you uh, if it's her, then I imagine she probably didn't care to throw it away.
One of my favorite blankets if belongs you, to my ex. If you're ex. in a relationship amicably, then you may want to keep something. If things go down in flames, I don't see a need to keep anything. Absolutely. Like for what? I'm torturing Plus, myself. Plus, I don't imagine a 15-year-old boy keeping Xboxes, honestly. <laughs> I imagine a 15-year-old girl mm-hmm. doing something like Ooh, that. Yeah. Role. I mean. I, I'm not apologizing <laughs> totally for that. Kidding. In a In a heterosexual yes, situation. I don't I'm, imagine yes. a 15-year-old boy keeping making Xboxes. I don't know. There's just even my Instagram. Like I think I was going through my pictures the other day, and I saw pictures of me and my ex, and I was like, "Oh, I'll never lose with this." But like I and I didn't. Oh, that it. would have been on the the first on the agenda. Yeah, but I, when we I hung don't... up the phone or after we got back from dinner. But I'm I, I don't text know. I, <laughs> let's fix it. I don't care. But like, I'm big on. I mean, I'd be respectful to someone who I'm dating. And, you know, if they feel some type of way about it, I'm like, "All right, cool. It's nothing to." But I'm not initially going into and like deleting things and messages and stuff like that because that stuff doesn't bother me anymore. Sure scenario of of like only bring it out when I'm out with the girls troubles me because I feel like that's one of those situations where don't reminisce in my face. (laughs) Don't reminisce without me either and then be like emotionally cheating on me when when I'm not at home. With the box. With the box, yeah. Yeah, When I say pull it out, I don't mean I don't mean whip out the box and put on the Jill Scott and pour the calf. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What I mean is like, oh, I remember this. That was nice type thing not like a oh i miss her type shit yeah. no nothing yeah. like that See, but that's what i fear because that's what i'm saying for me if i'm pulling out the box and she's and he's not home and i'm i'm like you know that's what i'm saying i have that then you need to I, reevaluate sh- why you in a damn relationship right. hey. on the show because he don't need to be in the call log exactly i don't need to keep your beanie either yes you know that's what i'm saying this yeah. beanie some things are comfortable i remember this, hypothetical. this guy okay. that i was in a, i ain't got nobody's beanie oh, sorry. he this, has my hat this guy that i was in a situation mm. in college he left behind oh, his uh in the divorce he left behind his uh, gold basketball shorts that clearly weren't my size. They were like an XXL. He wasn't big, but oh. he was tall. And I wore them shits forever. Like I did, yeah, if I it, did not get rid of them a, yeah. until like, whew, maybe like two years ago. But it was so funny because everybody could tell, for one, when did Char ever own basketball shorts? And they would be literally hanging off of me. And everybody could tell, bitch, we know that them ain't yours. So what nigga mm-hmm. on campus do those belong to? But I would wear those things. They were so comfortable. Taking out the trash, cooking Absolutely. quesadillas. So there were things. But then again, he was not an ex. He was an, a former. Flag. Oh, I was legendary oh, so for were... my quesadilla nights. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I had a karaoke machine and chicken quesadilla. I was legend on campus. Uh, but uh, There was no emotional attachment. There was emotional attachment. Oh, there was. Yeah, but, but he, he was wasn't a, necessarily an ex. No, he was a situationship. Mm-hmm. But there oh, was a, a yeah, huge emotional oh, okay. attachment. Oh my gosh! Woo. I wonder what he doing today. And you know what? What I will <laughs> he also ain't got say, no social media, nothing. What Ooh, I will also say is to hate that. Like about the about the the Xbox specifically. Sometimes things aren't actually like you don't put in the box. I just have some shit. That yeah. he's, you know. And there's some stuff that and people my old that, bills or something. Yeah, they're like that people have given me that I don't even associate with them. It's mine, and I don't. Right. You know, I'm not yeah. thinking. I'm not holding on to it because it's, they gave it to me. So I wear. I'm sh- not putting the diamond necklace in the Xbox. Oh, yeah, I'm still wearing that shit. Yeah, and Bay don't need to know where the fuck I got it from. My, so it was. It's a keepsake from my grandma. Yeah, as sentimental and emotional as I am, I've never considered an Xbox. It, but I, I believe that in this day and age, there's no need for one. When Kim was 15. There was a need for one. In 2017, what you going to put in the act? Everything is done on our phones. Right. Even the concert tickets. <laughs> Every, literally. Everything's in your, your Xbox. You can, uh, your Xbox is in your email. Mm-hmm. You can create a folder in your email. Literally. Mm-hmm. 
for everything that y'all have done. Every dinner reservation, everything. Just leave some emails in your Twitter account. When Solange's out, recent album came out, Seat at the Table, mm-hmm. my ex, because we went, the only Solange concert I ever went to, we went together. And he felt the need to resp- <laughs> respond to an email that I had sent for closure that he never responded to. Oh, I don't mm. need that. He responded to How it many with, years later? with the link three. Responded to Ooh. it with the link of a seat at the table. So he knew three years this was rotten in his head. There was an email in my inbox from Kendall. And he, well, he, prob- no, he probably read it, but the Solange was the trigger. Right, and he was like, what's his what email address? Typed in my name, and he went, and instead Luke- of just starting a new, <laughs> because I didn't need that. I forgot that I wrote that. Right. But wh- oh, so- some from three years ago, that can be embarrassing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Where your head was at three right. years ago, ooh, so a lot happens Let in me three tell years. You. Um, yeah, so things like that. That's why I don't <laughs> I don't need to put a folder. I don't need to do none of that. Mm-mm-mm. So, Kenna, what's this week's shout out? So this week's shout out goes to um, a legendary makeup artist in LA, and sorry, in New York, but he's only 20 years old, um, Victor Rom. He just moved out to um, California. He just got a new apartment in uh, West Hollywood. Um, he's done a lot of um, great campaigns with makeup and stuff in New York, so he's expanding his career out here. So shout out to him. Congratulations on the big move. Um, I hope it is everything you want. Sunshine, bliss. Yes, congratulations. Mm-hmm. Congrats, the sunny city. I heard we, um, we've we exceeded 4 million people in Los Angeles County, and so... That's why I'm in the woods. really want them to go. Not you, Victor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Victor so has a penthouse. But, um, There's so much going on here. Between the and not only are and... Between the natives, the transplants, and babies being popped out every hour of the... Like, it's a lot. Oh, I have a headache, but uh, I think that's all for this week. Yes, thanks for joining us, guys. Talk to y'all next week. Bye-bye. Bye.